we got a special interview for y'all today, man. We got Miss Capitrong in the building. Listen, man, she has very good insight, very inspirational. Listen to her story, man. Rhythm and vibe. Let's Anyways, go. Thank you for uh, joining us. Thank you for, uh, you know, coming on the Rhythm and Vibe podcast. We definitely appreciate you. And uh, honestly, we look out to people that are in the industry that are trying to be in the industry, people that have, like, made moves to, you know, do their thing or whatever. And we want to hear from you, hear from you people that uh, have progress or have time in, and maybe you can inspire some other people, you know? Yeah, for sure. Right, right. So let me give you a proper introduction, man. Everyone, I'm going to present one of the most inspirational writers, filmmakers, right? Because you make films, don't you? Yes, I do. There you go. In the last 20 years, I personally love her photography, and I believe this person is an Oscar nominee in the future for Best Documentaries. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I don't want to butcher I don't want your name at all. It's Cat. <laughs> yeah, Cat. Patron, right? Yes, you got it. Okay, perfect. Cat Patron, man, definitely give it up for her, man. Link her on all social media. She's like really, really inspiring. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me, Jay. I really appreciate it. Definitely, definitely. So, what's how? How have you been? How was your holidays? My holidays were good. Um, just kind of working through it and making sure I take care of others. I think that's what the holidays are really about is like you spending time with family. Um, and if you're a healthcare worker, you kind of just make sure the people around you are good. And yeah. with that, you kind of feel good yourself. So, yeah. That takes a lot to be a healthcare worker. Um, it definitely takes a, a different demeanor. I don't know if I could do it, but I, like my uh, my sister-in-law, she, she's like a nurse and mm. she has that type of demeanor. And I've met a lot of people, you know, my, you know, I'm like only 19 years old, but in my 19 years of living, that I've been like terrible, terrible people in that profession. How do you describe, obviously you're a healthcare worker, right? Yeah, I am a home health aide. Right. So, yeah. So what would you do, like, how would you describe the, the, the personnel that you need to have to be in that like profession? You have to be very selfless. And I would say you have to have, like, the mindset of a soldier, you know, like you're out in the field, you're, you're looking out for other people. And okay. you know, I always grew up with the sense of, like, respect your elders. Okay. There's a certain respect you got to have when taking care of your elders and, and knowing that, like, they know way more than you. Yeah. And they are in a vulnerable position so you just have to be super compassionate as well yeah so i'm from the south and my uh my family they we, we grew up in the south type of culture uh and i i grew up like that too like i always thought that you should treat people not how you treat yourselves or how you treat your parents but how you treat somebody you'll treat you like you know your, your, your grandmother your grandfather or you know your grand aunt so i've always had that you know if if they're older than me or if they're, you know, a little bit of age, uh, up in age, uh, well, anybody that's, anybody, period, yeah, honestly, but I always treat them with that respect. Um, right. Is that, what'd you say? That's it, right, that's right. Are you from the South? Are you from, like, where were you from? 
I'm from up north, like Canada. I was born in Canada. Seriously? Yeah, Toronto, Ontario. And I've lived there for like 10 years. Mm. And then I moved to Washington, D.C. And I stayed there for like 15 to 16 years before I moved to Florida. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's a very diverse life. How How was life in Canada? It was good. It was like a blend of people. Um, I remember being like the only black student in at one point to then being like in a mixed environment. So I got a taste of everything and um, it just really taught me that people are different. We're all different, but we can still connect um, wherever we're at, basically. That makes a lot of sense. I, uh, I, in my travels, we, uh, settled in Michigan for a long time and me and my brother were the only black kids in the whole school and everybody loved him. I didn't, they didn't really love me like that, but everybody loved him. So it showed me that we all are kind of the same. We can have, you know, not the same, uh, the same story, but at least we could share the same kind of history, I guess. I don't know if that makes sense. I'm sure they liked you too in your own way. Right? No, no. no? Definitely not. I was always the bad kid. Oh, okay. <laughs> so how did you start on your path to, uh, you know, filmmaking and writing and all the entertainment stuff? How'd you, how'd you do that? Um, well, it actually started in Canada uh, when I was super young. Um, I wanted to be in the movies and I told my mom like I want to be in the movies I didn't know what capacity I didn't know how um, but I just wanted to be in the movies and like back then they had like um, advertisements on the radio where you'd hear like hey kids do you want to be on Disney Channel and and, like audition so I was like we gotta do that we gotta do that and I passed the first audition, but, like, okay. then there's a paywall, right? And my mom didn't have the money to, like, further that training. Um, but then I just started writing stories. And then I would, like, act in, like, a play at school. And okay. then in middle school, I wrote a Thanksgiving play. And we just did that um, on the stage, and that was cool. And so I've just been writing, and then... Um, I went to Duke Ellington, which is in D.C. for writing. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, And then they, like, nurtured me and grew me as a writer. And I just kept doing the more behind-the-scenes stuff instead of, like, in front of the camera type of stuff. And then from there, I just went to Full Sail. And, yeah. So. So you did the behind-the-scenes, the writing. and So you basically, you, you, you know every aspect of writing and cinematography. For the most part. Uh, cinematography, I'm still learning. And I would say I I trust other people with the camera. Like, I, I can work with the camera. Yeah. But I'd rather, like, have Direct. someone with me. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, that's crazy because me and you actually had kind of the same, a similar story where, you know, write, 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 write. Then finally someone sees your potential unless you delegate the plays i used to write plays for my church and my school right way back in the day but that that was like a very dope experience for me like so are you still doing that are you doing like local plays in your your hometown or where you're at now or 
Um, I I haven't really written a full play since high school. Okay. And I have I'm in development of a play, but local stuff, no, I haven't done anything. Okay. Yeah. So what is your process? Are you a person that takes your time to do your research, or are you like something pops into your mind and you just start writing? What's what's your process when you write plays or movies or everything? Um, my process is first just living. I feel like hmm. you just gotta live and be in the, your experience. And then um, I noticed like this last season I've been in. I had to really process and sit with, like, what I went through. Mm. And then from there, I'll pull out, like, nuggets or characters or instances that I want to expand on. And then from there, it kind of, like, unfolds. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. What would you say your your genre is? Uh, Horror, scary movies. I hate scary movies, by the way. No, no, no offense if you write that. Uh, comedy, what dramas, rom-coms, what do you like? I feel like the way I write, it's a drama. Okay. <laughs> it's drama. Right. Yeah. Because that's just life. I like to keep it true to life. Um, I don't like to write scary necessarily, but it's funny because um, I was telling a friend about a certain thing that happened to me, and he's like, this would be a great thriller. And he's like already oh to flesh right. out the skeleton. Oh. Of this, so I'm gonna see where that goes, but I, I also I just lean towards the drama side of things, yeah. I get that. What do you write? That's kind of it's kind of embarrassing for me, honestly. Um, I write a lot of rom coms, a lot of rom coms, a lot of uh, coming of age stories, uh, comedies. I think I'm funny, but I don't know if I'm that funny. So I just, you know, try whatever. But usually it's it's nothing that's scary. But it but it but it's funny that you mentioned that because I had a dream the other night, and usually I get my ideas from dreams. So mm-hmm. I had a dream the other night of a scary movie, and I wrote it down. So I don't know where that's gonna go, but maybe <laughs> it'll be something new that I write. You know. Was it a nightmare? Or was it just an idea for a film? See, but but that's I don't think I get nightmares in, anymore because I'm not all right. So I'm not scared of scary movies. It's more of the fact that I just think they're kind of played out, you know. So it's not really scary for me. But maybe it was a nightmare. But I wasn't afraid. I was just like, okay, well, this is kind of boring, and uh, usually I don't get dreams and when i do get dreams i write them down so that's what i'm, all I'm trying good. to say that's good what's your inspiration for movies this is like uh like you, you said things you see uh what else though um things i see but things i also don't see in the film industry like sure. um right now i feel like the climate in the in- entertainment industry in general is very like politically driven instead of storytelling you know Mm -hmm. and um i'm very much aware that like the industry we're in is very um like at the end of the at the end of the day they could just push a message on you without you knowing 
and what I really want to see is more story, like more characters, more real people, um, no matter what color, race, creed they are. It's just like at the heart of it, you can connect with this person, you know, so that's what I want to see more of. That hit home. That definitely hit home with me because I, I, when I was a kid, you know, it was a lot of uh, people of not of the, you know, the black and brown people that were on the screen. But it doesn't didn't really matter to me because if, as long as they were relatable and kind of went through the same type of struggle, or maybe not to the extreme of I did, or maybe they were more extreme than I were was. But as long as we had that connection, it just it resonated for me as a kid, you know. And for me personally, these days, I feel like they, you know, sometimes put the black and the brown people in these roles that don't really, they don't really connect. You know, they're not really right. They probably should do something else. And I feel like it's only because they wanted to have for a black or a brown person in that role just to have that, that you know, that 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 one in the window. You know what I mean? That um. You check a box. Basically. There you go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And what so, what movie um like can you give an example of a movie that like hit home for you in that way? In what way? That way of like you didn't care what the person looked like, you just felt that connection. All right, so let me think. Um there was a few movies uh, here we go. Blue Streak by Martin Lawrence, right? Where he was the thief, mm-hmm. and he was he was just a funny guy. Mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, anybody else besides Martin Lawrence, probably not anybody, not anybody. I should say that definitely not that, but another person of that caliber could have played that role, and it'd have been good. Another role is um, you probably didn't see it because I don't, you know, you're kind of younger than me, but Mrs. Doubtfire. Mrs. Doubtfire. They could have had Mara Lawrence in that in that in that movie in in place of uh, Robin Williams. And I love Robin Williams. I'm a big Robin. Listen, I cried on Mrs. Doubtfire. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So he did a phenomenal job. But okay. I feel like they could have put Martin Lawrence in that movie, and it'd have been just as good. Not you know, it wouldn't have made the movie any worse. So there's 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 roles in this industry that transitions. Uh, race creed ethnicity and color even mm-hmm. like r&b stars rap star any, any kind of musician there's people that you think you know i mean back in the day when my parents were listening to music they had a lot of musicians that were white or i'm sorry that were black but on the on the album they painted them as white because they wanted to make sales you know what i mean and if it was a black guy on the album they wouldn't have made sales so there's a lot of things that like we all can do everything we all can do everything you know what i mean black white it doesn't really matter man it just matters about the skill set and the talent that you have in you yeah i agree so i'm sorry sometimes i get long-winded i'm from the south from you know grew up in the church that's good it's a podcast you're you're okay (laughs) yeah so what projects have you did you say that what projects i'm a bad i have a bad memory I don't think I've said what projects I did recently or I'm working on. Okay. Okay. That's cool. That's definitely cool. Um, Wait, which projects am I working on or that I did? Uh, Let's do both, actually. 
Oh, okay. This year? <laughs> oh, my God. So you got so many. Okay, tell me everything. Yeah, this year, and then what you got coming up? Um, I, didn't, I didn't mean for it to sound like that. I was just wondering. Hey, if you're moving, you're moving. I can't get mad at it. Right. Um, okay, so this year, I'm actually proud of, like, two short films that me and a couple wow. of teams have done. Okay. Um, one was a short documentary for Fusion Fest, which happened in Orlando. Um, it was directed by Betty Sue. We had the... Our main subject was a, um, like, art exhibitor. She, uh, No, art curator. So she, like, curate museums and galleries and stuff. Wow. And she's from Italy and England. So she's, like, a fusion of cultures. Yeah. So it's really cool to meet her and um, like just hearing her story and her journey was very inspiring. Okay. And then we actually won second place at Fusion Fest, which is Jeez. Really cool. yeah, wow. yeah. So that was cool. And then the second short film was called Anything for a Star, and that was written by my friend Corey Sims. Uh-huh. It was directed by my friend Gary Martinez. And basically, it was for a Tokyo Film Festival, and the theme was poop. So, if what the do you, theme... What do you mean? What do you mean? Anything that has to do with poop. Oh, was, okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, anything is, anything for a star is about a, a restaurant who wants that Michelin star. And so, they have a food critic, a very, like, renowned, high-up food critic that's coming for this like exclusive meal. Um, but there's a secret ingredient, I guess. I bet you can guess what the ingredient is. Okay. And so <laughs> that right. was like super fun to shoot. It was like two days, like super late night shoots at a really nice location. It was just a great set experience. Um, and we won third place. So that Jeez. was lit. And we got a golden poop award coming in the mail somehow some way so nice nice <laughs> that is amazing that is amazing wow yeah and then like other than that it's just like freelance projects like um working for a peruvian dance company they had a live performance in orlando and i got to work with the crew to like film and archive the show mm-hmm. and then um i took pictures for a concert for the Ruby Holland Foundation, and that was in October. So, those things, yeah. That's a lot of things. That's a lot of things. What are you talking about? (laughs) Oh, my God, yo. Yo, big ups, man. That's a lot. You're definitely moving and and shaking in the industry. Yeah, you got to be hungry. Because it's it's crazy because, like, I there's some people who are just waiting for it to come to them. It's being active and seeking. So I would say just stay hungry if you're in this industry. Yeah. And the fact that you're so young and you're doing this is, like, very inspirational to everybody. Because I know guys guys and women and people that are older than you and they're trying to, you know, elite, like, jump in and, and, and make their mark in the industry. And they're not as consistent as you are. And that's a very big piece of wisdom that you just dropped, man. As long as you keep active, keep at it, and, you know, go for the brass ring and not let it, you know, not let it wait for it to drop on you, you know? 
I'm sorry, I got a cat. My cat's really big. He's just sometimes he's scary. What's your cat's name? I don't want to tell you because it's so it's so generic and ridiculous. Fluffy. <laughs> I don't know. Simba. It's Simba. Oh, that's cute. It's not cute. It's not cute. Do you have a are you a, are you a pet person? Um, I had two parakeets, okay. but yeah, but one flew away and then one died like July. So I'm kind of sad about that. I don't know if you are. You look kind of like indifferent about it. I might have to call Animal Patrol on you. Yeah. How did one how did one fly away? What do you mean flew away? Did he open up the cage and just No, the bird was super active, so he knew how to get out of the cage. Oh, and oh. I was in between houses yeah. and this one house did not allow pets at all, so I had to leave the bird outside and it just flew away. Jeez. And yeah, and um the others, the the way the other bird died, I don't really want to share on this right. podcast. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> Let me ask you a question though. When the other when the other bird flew away, was the other bird still alive? Like was it still there in the cage? Yeah, the other bird was still alive. See, that was that was a smart bird. It's like, no, I'm not going nowhere. What? What was the door open the whole time? Or no, like the bird knew how to like close it and lock it back. Bird. No, no, it wasn't locked, but it just slid slid up. Okay. And so the bird would watch me open the cage so many times that knew how to like open it and like go about his business. Like I would come home and it would fly around and then it would find its way back in it in the cage. <laughs> so it was yeah. a smart bird. <laughs> yeah, parakeets are definitely smart. Yeah. Well, I laughed because I had a uh, a Yorkie. Um, I had bought for an ex girlfriend. And every day we got home from work or school or wherever he was at, the dog be like out of the cage on top of the bed, the couch, running around the house or whatever it was. And like, how was he getting out the cage? Mm -hmm. So one day, I think it was like a Black Friday, you know, I bought a cheap camera and I just positioned it in front of the cage and kind of recorded what happened. And as soon as we walked down the stairs and closed the door, the dog was like this at the lock. Popped right. the lock up and then opened the door and was good. He was out free, home free. That was wow. like, huh? These animals are, uh, I don't think people give them as much credit as they deserve. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I don't know. That's a good story, though. <laughs> Your parakeet. <laughs> Smart, yeah. man. But I don't have any pets right now. Okay. So we'll see what what happens All in the right. future. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Well, I don't want to take too much more of your time. I know you're a busy person, and you know y'all here doing your thing. Um, your Thanksgiving was good. You said yeah, it was good. Um, I was mainly working, so just taking care of the people around me, making sure they were comfortable. I put on um, Charlie Brown in the morning. They're kind of it was hit or miss, but. You know, <laughs> classic. So, I mean, what was the age like? The age frame that she was like throwing it on for? Were they older, like forty-five to like seventy? They're like fifty to seventy. Okay, so yeah, I see that. Like yeah. They know what's up when it comes to that. 
I mean, after sixty, it gets foggy. They might not know Charlie Brown like that. But you know Charlie Brown? You know you know about Charlie Brown? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. You know, you know Eddie Murphy has a movie coming out tonight. Oh, tonight. Yeah. I don't know. Oh. I don't. I don't know what it's called, but it's like some kind of comedy horror Christmas type of movie. So. You know. That's interesting blend horror and Christmas together. Yeah, well, you know, there's a bunch of stuff like that now. Everybody just drops whatever. Right. But if you have links to your shows, definitely send me those or, you know, any kind of production that you have done. I would love to share those and promote those. Um, <laughs> it sounds like you have a maraud of, maybe that's not the right word, but a lot of uh, a lot of stuff out there, you know. I definitely yeah. want to check it out. Yeah, for sure. I um, I need to be better about posting stuff because one of the things as a creative type of person is you get like that imposter syndrome. So you're like, oh, no, this is not good. Let me just hold on to it. And like one of the things I learned at Duke Ellington was like, you know, when you're you start to write, you're only writing for yourself. You know, you write in your journal, super private you know no one's gonna read this but like when you become a writer you're like actively sharing you have to include the people with what you're saying oh my god so like you have to get out your own way and just put it out there so you have to get over that imposter syndrome and just push what what you got you know what i mean so Yeah, there have been times where, like, I'll do a photo shoot and I'll delete pictures and I'll be like, this is not good. And then later I'll regret it. So I have to take a moment and pause and be like, okay, I know I'm feeling this way, but feelings don't last. So let me just pause and then come back to it. And sometimes we need that. Listen, you're giving me chills. You're preaching to the choir, the same thing, man. (laughs) A a lot of times I've deleted whole scripts and movies and Right. pilots and everything because was, you know what I don't think nobody likes it besides me type of thing and it just I hated it I hated myself for doing it but I did it and then like you said it, it's always that moment of clarity where you regret everything that you you know what you've done right but, uh, you, you're right man I don't <laughs> you just I'm gotta sure. get out your own way yeah how so how do you do that though how how, how do you do that is it just like a, a thought or it's just like a, uh, is there a process? It's a process for sure. Like after, let's say um, I'm writing something, um, it's like revisions, you know, you leave and then come back. You have to leave and come back because we're constantly changing every moment, every second, every day. So, you know, the when you were writing that, let's say on Tuesday, you come back Friday and it's completely fresh in your mind. So then you can say, oh, I don't really like that. Let me delete that, but rewrite it in a different way, you know? Um, And that could be applied to anything with editing video, writing scripts, photography. Yeah. So it's a process. Sometimes you just need to go for a walk and then come back, you know? Makes sense, man. In a fresh mind. Definitely. All right. All right. All right. We're, we're, I'm definitely thankful that you came on because you dropped so many gems that are very useful to 
the people that listen to the show, to our platform, and uh, me personally, uh, I appreciate you. And I hope you keep doing your thing. And I know one day that, not even one day, soon, one day soon, you're going to be recognized and be moved to that next level because of your skills, your talents, and your ambitions. I appreciate you. Thank you for having me, Jay. I'm looking forward to see what you got going on, too. Cause I'm an old every- man. I got nothing. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> but, yeah. Thank you so much. I really had fun um, sharing a little bit about myself. So I appreciate this a lot. Thank you. Definitely. Hopefully, we can get you on the show again. Yeah, for sure. And that's it, y'all. Cat Patron in the building. Rhythm and Vibe Podcast, man. Like, share, comment, subscribe. Let's get it.